0: Welcome to the Alt Asset Allocation Podcast, exploring alternative investment opportunities available to the everyday investor. Here's your host, Ben Lakoff. Hello and welcome to the Alt Asset Allocation Podcast. Today's interview is with Damian Lupo. Most of our listeners know what a 401k and an IRA are. If you're interested in alternative investments, you've likely been frustrated that they're hard to own in a retirement account, like a 401k or an IRA maybe this has led you to look down the path of self-directed IRAs. Congress has proposed changes to laws governing IRAs as part of their $3.5 trillion reconciliation package. In its current form, which likely will pass, their proposal would prohibit IRAs from investing in most alternative assets. All accounts owning these assets would need to liquidate by the end of 2023. Massive changes. These changes if enacted into law and again it's looking like this will be the way, you this would have a direct negative impact on your ability to self-direct your IRA. I normally try not to be too topical and stick to longer term themes with this podcast. This is still there. This is part of the bigger macro theme of getting more taxes in the government's coffers. Eliminating your choices with self-directed IRAs, this is no different. Damian goes into what's changing and some potential moves you can make to keep investing in alternative investments in these retirement accounts. A reminder that nothing in this podcast is financial advice and is meant to get you started scratching your head about some other options and not to be the sole source of truth with your decision-making progress. Do your own research. Before you listen, please don't forget to like or subscribe to the podcast or even better, leave a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like the video and or subscribe to the channel. This stuff really, really helps. Okay. Damien Lupo on Retirement Accounts. Enjoy. Damien, welcome to the show. Excited to have you on today. Yeah, Ben. good to be here, man. Good to see you. Likewise. Hopefully everything down in Birmingham dries out. We're just saying there's a once in 200 year storm that just happens. You've got rivers all over the place, riding your rowboat to the grocery and things like that. Everybody's growing gills out here. We had
1: one of the guys, got a picture of his truck and it was literally like five feet sideways in uh, off of his driveway. So it's just kind of interesting when you wake up and you realize sometimes how little power you have and you have to assess what you have control of. I think that this was a good reminder of that. There's a lot of things that we complain about that we can't control. And, and then there are things that we can control and it requires us taking action. Like you can't stop the rain, (laughs) but you can prepare for the rain. And that probably has a little bit to do with what's coming just in the economy and, and finance and investing, being really prepared for it so that you're not freaking out when the rain comes, uh, that's a bad time to start planning.
0: Yeah, it's very true. It's a very stoic way of thinking about things, right? Like all of these externalities you can't really control, but you can control your preparation and your reaction to them. Definitely agree with those. Excited to talk about a number of very interesting things for my audience. But before we get started, wanted to hear a little bit more about you and your background, where you're coming from.
1: So it, it's sort of a, a crazy, like somebody asked me, where are you are from? And I said, I'm from everywhere. It's like a, a military background. I grew up in a lab, but I've, I've lived all over the place with projects and businesses, started more than 50 companies and done and a lot of, so there, I've been out there in the real world. It's not an academic experience where I'm teaching from a book. I'm teaching from scar tissue and baldness. And my, my background is basically just going out there and doing and trying. And so I did the opposite of what they teach in school. I just, I said, okay, well, I'm going to go do this. And then I learned that I'm going to be wrong most of the time. And, and instead of saying, well, I need to be right 70 or 80% of the time to pass through this thing, I just went out there and I stopped caring whether I was going to be wrong because I knew I was going to be wrong. And in, in business and investing, that's been a really beneficial thing. The only problem is if you don't have any sense of anything because you're too young and too dumb or just too arrogant, like my, my story, when I started out, I, I spent about five, six years building up, going from zero to a $20 million portfolio. And I thought, I am Superman, man. I am 10 feet tall, bulletproof, and everything is good. And then 2008 showed me that I was mortal. Went from 20 million to negative five in 12 months. And that it, it gives you a lot of perspective when everything is taken away and you go, wait a second. And then th- one of the funniest parts was, was saying, okay, well, this is my dumb partner's fault. This was Obama's fault. It was Bush's fault. It was you know, the Federal Reserve. Everybody else's fault. And then the, the biggest shift there was, was shifting to a place of responsibility and saying, no, this is 100% my fault. And here's how I can shift me and do much better next time. And so that, that was, I mean, the, the story goes really from victim to victor through responsibility. And I think that that's the big takeaway from that whole thing. It, it took $25 million passing through my fingers to understand that responsibility is how you win.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully... Uh, Some of the listeners can learn a little bit from these. And I know that that, that's part of your mission is spreading that knowledge. Other people don't have to experience the loss of a significant sum of money like that. I'm curious, this learn by doing, not being afraid to fail, like swinging big. What do you, have you thought deeply about like why you ended up like this? Something in childhood that influenced you, parents influence? What is it do you suppose that made you think like this? I think part of it was, and so it's interesting growing up because I have siblings and none of
1: us are the same. Like I'm very much the outlier. And so we all had the same uh, type of growing up where, where we were told, no, don't do it. Be safe. Stay inside. Don't go out. I mean, in Alaska, you go outside, you can be eaten. Like I, I re- remember walking home and there were bears that were out there. and My dad was with, out there with a shotgun and I didn't know. I just walked through. So I could be eaten on the way home. Literally not a thing most people have to worry about being eaten by something, but I did. And, and so part of the, the, being told no, and our system tells us no, a lot, don't do this, don't do this. And it's, it's generally trying to contain us to keep us organized for a system. And I just got, I pushed out of that. A lot of people stay caged in, they get broken. It's Like when you break a horse, you break the horse and, and part of the spirit dies. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately have their spirit broken and then they just become a cog. And for whatever reason, I, I got so mad at being told no, that it, pu- it pushed me. It, it made me lurch. And go out with this ferocious need to win, and part of winning was was proving that they were wrong, like they, the system, my parents, and so I, it's it's interesting because I don't know if you if it's better to tell a child that yes, you can do anything, or to tell them no, you're terrible, and then you make them push through it. For me, I pushed through it, and it was it was really proving after dropping out of college, it was it was proving something. Because I felt like people were judging me. Why aren't you going? Why aren't you staying in college? You're you're basically a loser. you You don't have a job, and and so part of this was was this significance. It's one of those basic human needs that Tony Robbins talked about. That's where I heard about it first years ago. And it was the the need for significance. Like I need to show people that I'm significant. And then now it's about the contribution. And and so I've shifted from the ego of significance to the the giving of contribution. And. There's a, a deeper fulfillment with a contribution than there is significance. Significance is never enough. It's like you get one Ferrari, you need five to showcase that you have a newer one, a faster one, a greener one, a brighter one. Same thing with everything else in your life. So the, I, there, there is a shift and I, it, part of it takes everything being lost. And I don't know that I would necessarily say that people should lose everything, but we shouldn't be afraid of losing because when we think of everything, we tend to get wound up in the stuff Instead of understanding that when we still have relationships, assuming you haven't blown those up, which I'm familiar with doing that too, the relationships and your health and, and the stuff that people go, that's very, very easy to talk about, but I need to figure out how to feed myself. And I'm like, yeah, in America, we get way too wound up in the stuff and the money. And, and we go, why is it not fulfilling? I've got all the success. And the problem is they're very different. And we tend to spend so much time on success that we miss the whole point of life, which is the fulfillment of being alive
0: yeah 100% hedonistic treadmill of uh more bigger faster and then it kind of reverting to the new norm it's interesting i've spent the majority of the last decade outside the us by more entrepreneurial minded people and it's funny to come back i'm in la the narcissistic capital of the world but like the amount of um yeah people just sleepwalking through life and just accepting their role as a cog in the wheel and not thinking that there's another path or another way of like living this uh, blank canvas that is life and going towards something a little bit more fulfilling. That really resonates a lot. What you're doing now, I mean, why? how are you kind of helping people kind of open up their eyes to these other possibilities or where do you point them? Like what's your process for kind of chaperoning people to this new possibility and opening up their eyes a bit?
1: Well, I mean, part of it, it, it starts with this, a little bit of a shake, you know, like shaking people loose. And, and to your point, I used to, many times I'll call myself the, the hedonistic prick you wouldn't have wanted to have met 15 years ago. I wouldn't want to have met me 15 years ago. It took this whole process of reinventing, which I wrote a book called Reinvented Life, which was basically a manual to me not to do the same dumb crap I did for 10 years. And, and so after that, after that process of losing and starting over, there something popped out and that was this mission to help people break their shackles. Because I look at money today as modern day slavery. When I've been outside of the U S the longest I went was about seven weeks. And I remember coming back and there's something interesting. I think after about a month, you start to break your like vacation mindset and you start to be, it becomes normalized. And then you go back to the United States. You're like, Oh my God, it's just consumer mania. And, and there's just this totally different focus on what's important. So on the other side of this, this meltdown, I, I spent some time traveling a bit, went to Fiji and things. And, and what I did is I, I studied and, and went deeply inside and, and I found that there was a need for me to teach and help people break out of their, their bondage. And I watched my parents, both of them play by the rules in the school system in the military and retire broke. And then basically my dad died Run, running out of money and and so i just watched this whole process and i said there's got to be something that is better that's that's truer like this seems dishonest and so what i found is that most people are playing by the rules they're building up this idea of a retirement playing by the wall street rules and and they're getting screwed and they just don't even realize what's happening because the system just feeds on us it's like the matrix or facebook whatever you want to you know you want to look at it we are the product and Wall Street is is the, the eater they, they eat on us. So I, I started looking at everything that's out there what are people doing? how are they prepping? How are they building a foundation? Is it quicksand or is it sand or is it rock or you know, like what is it? And, and what I found is most people are, are building assets based on paper smoke and mirrors and that's, that's Wall Street that's mutual funds. What I what I realized that, that that there's no real financial freedom. And I'll give you an example I had some people come to me about seven years ago. And they they said, we heard that you're great with money. And I said, I don't really know what that means. They said, we want you to help us. And I said, okay, what do you want me to do? And they said, we don't know what to do. We have $2 million. We're, we're 50, 52, 53 years old. We have no idea. We just don't want to lose it. And they knew they didn't have time to get to spend another 30 years building it up. They really kind of accidentally ended up with it, which is what most people have with 401ks. They just accidentally have a million or 2 million because they were contributing, but they never had to learn and they never built a muscle. They just looked at the gym. They never went inside. So I I realized that people need, like when we talk about alternative assets, you have to start understanding some stuff. Like you can't just buy real estate. Generally, you've got to figure a little bit out. Like you've got to understand what you're buying. If you're going to buy gold and silver, you got to understand a little bit. If you're going to buy crypto, which everybody should be buying crypto. And I very rarely say you should do anything, but our entire financial system is changing. The entire monetary system is going to be changing this decade guaranteed that's where we're going it's exponentially shifting and and so you have to start engaging otherwise you're always going to be afraid you're all, i don't care if you have a million or two or 5 or 10 you're always going to be afraid of losing it just like my parents were and these people were so the the shift that that i made was to give people power and control over their retirement money it was it was to say there is an alternative where you can actually control you can take your 401k's your iras you take that money without paying taxes, without paying penalties, you can start investing in real estate, in gold, in Bitcoin, in private placements. And and there's a better way than just what you're told is the only way. And that's that's really been the shift the last decade is giving people control and and true possibility so that their life is not by default. It's actually by design. That's that's what we do.
0: Yeah, so the default way is go, get a job at a big corporation, have a 401k, have the matching, do my traditional or Roth IRA, put six thousand bucks in a month on the side, and then it, which is invested like through a brokerage, I have access to publicly traded equities, and do this until you're sixty years old, and then look how much you have inside, and hope to God it it lasts you until you pass away. Is that kind of is that pretty accurate? Yeah, literally people have hope as their strategy. That's exactly what people have been Uh, doing. It's definitely not a strategy. Well, it is for a lot of people, but it should not be a strategy, I guess, uh, or it's not a viable strategy, I suppose. Okay. The idea of self-directed IRAs, I think I've talked about this on my podcast before, but just for my listeners to go over what that is. Give me an overview of what a self-directed IRA is, what it can hold, and what it cannot hold currently based on the current laws, and we'll get into the yep. potential changes. So, so
1: basically, just so we're really clear, that there's two main things. There's qualified plans like 401ks and 457s and things, and then and then there are IRAs. These are the two main things that people use. They're tax shelters. Our tax code is built for people to, to incentivize people. And so most people start with a 401k or, or a company plan or a thrift savings plan with the federal government or something. And then when they leave, they'll move that money typically into an IRA. Sometimes it's a self-directed IRA, but they'll put it into an IRA. You can also set up an IRA and you can just put your 6,000 bucks a year into it or seven if you're over 50. So basically we have one of these two things and people have been using the self-directed IRA basically because they were told by the marketing machine of IRA custodians that, hey, this is how you can invest in alternative assets. You can control, you can buy your own stocks, you can choose. You could even do some real estate or some crypto. And so people have been going down that path and that was the best information they had because it was either that or they just went back to Wall Street and had mutual funds with their old 401k. That is not the best information anymore. It's, it's what people have done. And I did it. I mean, 15 years ago, that's what, that's what I had, a self-directed IRA because I, I didn't know any better. And I didn't know any better because I was following mainstream information and the narratives out of big institutions that want to keep your money in their systems so they can charge you fees. So if you follow the money, you can learn a lot about finance and pharma and medicine and everything else. Just look where the money's flowing and you realize, oh, that's what's going on. That's the agenda. So that's that's what people have been doing over the years is, is defaulting into a self-directed IRA where you can start choosing some of the stuff, at least kind of choosing with a custodian uh, babysitting you.
0: Right. Well, I think over the last... I don't know, a couple years or whatever, Peter Thiel has been getting a lot of heat because he had $2,000 in his Roth IRA, which is post-tax income, grows tax-free until you're 59 and a half. He had a value of $2,000 of it in his Roth IRA in 1999. And now he has over $5 billion in this IRA that he will pull out when he's 60 years old and not pay any taxes on it because it was post-tax income on that $2,000 long ago. There has been this reconciliation package that's going through that's talking about kind of going after these self-directed kind of alternative retirement accounts. Can you talk briefly on what's going on and, and where this might be going? Yeah, I can
1: tell you exactly where it's going. Um, this is There's an attack on wealth It's we don't have Democrats and Republicans. We have haves and have nots. And we have people that have that are trying to pretend that they're protecting the have nots. And what they're doing is they're actually ending up protecting the the wealthy. So in Peter Thiel's case, it's really interesting because he's got this Roth IRA with five billion part of this reconciliation bill, which gives Congress the ability to pass all their budgetary stuff on a on a straight majority vote, which you need to do with the U.S. Senate being 50 50. They can't do anything that requires 60 votes with a filibuster. So they use this process to be able to pass major initiatives like the Trump tax cuts and different things were used. They were passed using reconciliation. What they're saying, some part of their rules that they're proposing that we believe will, will be passed that came out of House Ways and Means. One, one of them was if you have over $20 million in a IRA, you've got to take or, or any type of defined contribution like a 401k, if you've got $20 million, and you make over $400,000. That's that Biden thing. You don't, if you make less than 400, you're not being touched. If you make over 400,000 and you have over 20 million, you've got to distri- distribute or disperse everything over 20 million the following year. So Theoretically, this would mean that Peter Thiel would have to take $4,980,000,000 out of his retirement account before age 59 and a half, pay 10% penalties and, ca- and gains. Like It would be a mess. And I laughed because the way this is written, Ben, it's it literally won't even impact him because all he's gonna do is say, Okay, I'm not gonna make four hundred thousand dollars in adjusted gross income. So Congress does these crazy things and people like Peter people like Peter have incredibly smart advisors. He's already pretty damn smart, but wealthy people have advisors, and they're like, Okay, well, how do we need to shift? Like I was working with Tom Wheelwright at a, an event a couple of weeks ago and and he said this is going to pass. And it was he almost kind of like was laughing about it, going. This is going to pass and it's not going to impact anybody they're trying to impact, but it is going to impact people that went out and did self-directed IRA investing and they invested in real estate and syndications and all those checkbook IRAs that have LLCs, all of those are being banned. Not only are they being banned, but they're, if you keep it and you have an investment, they, it will disqualify your entire IRA. So that's the terrible news because people are saying, well, shoot, what do I do? I've got a deal that's locked up for three or four years. What am I supposed to do? So there's ways that we can move out of that. I mean, that's what what we do with the EQRPs. But for a lot of people, they don't even realize this is happening. They're just sitting there going, oh, okay, you know, it's Congress. They're yelling at each other. But the reality is this is the biggest overhaul with the retirement system in probably two generations since it's even started.
0: And these single-member LLCs are the way that people own Bitcoin or own real estate. They're, there's like a... a Far-reaching, I guess. Before we jump into some of the other options, what can my listeners do now to try to block this? Is there call your senator or anything, or does this even matter?
1: At this point, it doesn't make any difference. It's such a small. So the way that Congress looks at things, they're looking for honeypots. Where are they going to get easy money? And the the National Association of Planet Advisors NAPA has fully endorsed this bill. They said this is good for everybody, and because they they're basically run by wall street they're saying this is a great thing it doesn't really matter if if you know joe and susie america call their senators and say we don't like this because this is a massive amount of money for infrastructure and they're not going to try to protect peter teal even peter teal isn't even going to be hit but they're not going to change the bill and lose tens of billions of dollars in revenue so that somebody can make more money in their their ira they figure that 10 or 20 million dollars is is plenty and they also don't Here's one of the problems, one of the reasons that they're pulling this away. It's to push money to Wall Street, and there's been a lot of scams. So people are investing their, their money. They have this ch- these checkbook IRAs, and they're getting sucked in and losing. I've seen a lot of people that have put, been pulled into scams. So I think they're, that's the it's one It's in the thing- name of
0: protecting investors, right? Totally. Investor protection. Because- Thank God. Yeah,
1: I mean, great. That's like the SEC and Gensler saying, "Oh, we need to protect everybody." I'm like, "You know what? How about people take responsibility? That'd be awesome." But they they don't think that way. They think everybody is is basically incompetent little children.
0: Yeah, so, don't even get me started on the accreditation <laughs> rule.
1: <laughs> right. So, yeah, that that blows I mean, so they're they, they thought this was a good idea. What can you you can you can prepare for this to come become law? It, even if it didn't become law because by some weird reason they pulled it out. It's, it's in the crosshairs. It's going to be changed. And so what do you do? Do you wait and just try to hope you get out before? No, you just, you shift. And that and that's, there's a transfer that you can do between an IRA and a qualified plan, like the EQRP, you can move your assets. And so that rollover is a non taxed non-penalized event that takes all of this problem away. And people don't even realize it. They're just, they're like, oh, I need to change the law. You don't need to change the law. Just change your assets.
0: And can you walk me through and all the disclaimers, hashtag not time to have financial advice, not tax advice, like talk to your own advisor for or legal, but high level, what somebody, so for the the standard American person who has money in their 401k or IRA, you know, this doesn't impact them. They're held in publicly traded markets, but if you have a self-directed IRA or like what what are my next moves to help protect this? Or what should I be thinking about right now?
1: So right now it's it's really important and timely to get educated on this. There, and so this is you taking an initiative. It's not waiting to see what happens. It's it's starting the ball rolling. If you've got a self-directed IRA and you're investing in anything other than stocks, this applies to you. And what what needs to happen is you just ultimately need to convert it's a it's a rollover of an IRA into a qualified plan. So IRAs are built under one part of the tax code called 408 and all the basically the other stuff is under 401. And so if you move from the 408 to the 401, it's moving from an IRA to a qualified plan. Specifically what we do is we we build an EQRP it's an enhanced qualified plan and somebody can move assets. And so again like you just said, get your advisors involved and if you are your advisor with you and Google, you need to hire somebody because this is not something you want to have Google being your your Yoda like that's a terrible idea cuz that's a dumb Yoda that's like it'll tell you whatever you want to hear it's like a yes man you don't you don't want that you want people that will tell you the truth so logistically what happens is a qualified we set up a plan and then we move the asset from the IRA whether it's bitcoin whether it's gold whether it's a private placement in real estate it, that asset gets moved from the IRA into the qualified plan if you have an LLC you can move the LLC into the plan that LLC is going to be blown up by this tax code change. So you can, it's a rollover. There's no taxable event when you do any of this stuff. And it's just, it's a question of timing because there's going to be some time to do things. But the problem is a lot of times people say, well, there's no urgency because nothing's going to happen this week. And then all of a sudden when they need it, when they, they realize I'm out of time, they don't have enough time to get it done. So right now is the time to start converting things. There are some things that end in two months and there are some things at the end of this year like the mega backdoor Roth is being shut down in, in 10 weeks. Uh, and then there are certain things where you have a grace period of a couple of years. So it's important. Like what we do is we spend our time educating people. We, we spend our time strategizing and talking about options. That's what people need to be doing, figuring out the options and then thinking through and making decisions and taking action now, not you know, waiting until they get a notice from the IRS.
0: Yeah, no, the, the Titanic floated until it didn't, right? And it's yeah. gradually and then suddenly. So I'm, I'm thinking like, I mean, I had an old 401k from an employer that I rolled over. So I essentially switched from 401 to 408 when I did that. So this yeah. is just rolling it back from 408, which is the IRA equivalent, into 401. Huh? And then it's shielded. It's still there's no tax impact. It's just a paper movement, I guess. But I mean, would you be dissolving the LLC and then those assets would be transferred over to this new qualifying account? Or how, how would that work?
1: So here, there's two options. Basically, you've got an IRA that has assets from the custodians investing. We can move those assets directly from the IRA into the EQRP. If you have a checkbook LLC IRA, where you know your, your IRA bought an LLC, and then your LLC is the investor, we just, we simply move the LLC over. So your assets are still going to be in the LLC. It's actually a fairly straightforward move. We just move the whole LLC over, and and this works whether you're by yourself or whether you have a dozen or fifty employees. It's that's the unique thing. The EQRP is set up to be dynamic. So a lot of people get stuck and like, well, you know, I've got. I've got a couple of employees or something. This actually works. And it's the only one of its kind in America that works like that. So, really important. You don't, it's not necessarily brain damage, unless I'll tell you what's brain damage, Ben, when you get a tax bill for a hundred thousand bucks you weren't expecting. And I've seen that happen over and over because people are like, well, my advisor, I'm like, your advisor doesn't know this because they don't specialize in this. You need a team of people that specialize and generalize. You need people that see everything and people that see this one narrow thing really deeply. And unfortunately, most people have one or the other or none. All they have is Google, which I just constantly go, Google is not your friend. It'll tell you what you want to hear. And if you don't know the right question to ask, how are you going to get any information out of Google?
0: Yeah. Well, and hopefully people are are doing their own due diligence and things like this will open their eyes to it. That's for sure. But it's certainly not enough to make a decision. And it's just kind of to get the ball rolling and start thinking, hey, maybe this is something I should take initiative for and, and, and dig into it a little bit more deeply. You roll this thing over into a qualified plan. EQRP, your company, will do this. What are the ongoing costs or concerns or potential landmines that people should be familiar with or or think about when doing something like this?
1: So ongoing costs are, are flat. It's very different than most things. You don't get nickel and dimed, and you don't pay a percentage of assets. It's five hundred bucks a year. So it's and that's fixed indefinitely. So that covers everything. It covers all your filings, covers your Fed filings, your state filings, your LLC filings. It covers all your compliance, which we do. It covers all the support. So what It's actually funny because when people realize everything that's going on, they go, that seems like a bargain. I'm, I'm like, I think it's a fair number. So that's, that's what happens. Landmines, as long as you don't think you know everything, because I can tell you from personal experience, the day you think you know everything, you're about to get rolled on by a big boulder or something's going to smash you. So when you when you are smart enough to ask questions and reach out to your team, then you really don't have landmines. It's when people say, I'll just not tell anybody and I'll invest with my parents. With my retirement account, which is just disqualified. Like when when people just think that they won't get caught, that's usually where people get into trouble. They go off and do things without bringing in the team and saying, "Hey, here's what I'm doing. Am I good?" And we do that every day. We just people call us and we say, "Here's here's how you make sure that it's good." So we keep people in compliance. Landmines. The only the only other dumb one is where people say, "Well, I can just use this money for anything. I'm going to go buy a Ferrari." I mean, I've done the Ferrari thing, and I didn't do it with a retirement account. But if somebody's that dumb to go use their retirement account to buy a Ferrari, you're going to have an event. Usually, it's ego that gets people into trouble. Uh, in it's like Ryan Holiday's book, "Ego is the Enemy." Like, hello, ego, it will get you into more trouble, and it's valuable, but it's that's usually the landmine. It's people's own ego, and it's, it's their lack of humility in in bringing on the correct people and people that will tell them the truth.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's Mark Twain that gets credit for this, but I feel like I say Mark Twain. Quint- Mark Twain quotes all the time and I'm not sure it is, but uh, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. And it's so true. <laughs> you get so in so much more trouble for those things that you're you're pretty sure about, you know, and get blindsided. That's for sure. So I, I wanted to talk on the mega backdoor Roth briefly. So this thing is ending, but what was it and how were people using it?
1: Yeah, there's actually been some some wealth strategists that are out there that have built up some pretty significant practices where they're basically saying, "Give me twenty thousand dollars, and I will give you this amazing strategy." Well, it was a goofy strategy. That here's what the strategy was: if you have a qualified plan, you're able to take and contribute up to fifty eight thousand five hundred dollars into it. Normally, you'd have to have about one hundred eighty thousand dollars in income. And the mega backdoor basically you structure the plan the way that we build the plan, we structure it differently so that you're able to make earn like 60, $70,000 in income and put pretty much all of it into a Roth account. And, and that was really interesting because you avoided about 15 to $20,000 in payroll taxes. And it allowed wealthy people to put a ton of money into a Roth when they might've been precluded or excluded from doing that if they made too much income, which is what happens with IRAs. So it's it's a strategy. Again, you know, I, I, I love Congress, how they think it's like the Patriot Act. It literally is the opposite of patriotic because of all the government growth. But another story. Uh, it they think that they're going to hurt the rich, and I'm like, you're not hurting the rich. You're just hurting people that are trying to create wealth. So they're trying to box people in. And this this was a tool that wealthy people used it, but also people that were trying to create wealth. That you know, people that had a million or two that are not wealthy. I mean, a million dollars is not wealthy. It's just a million dollars. Certainly so- not
0: today either. <laughs> Oh, no,
1: no, give me a break. It's like middle class.
0: <laughs> yeah, if that. I mean depending where you are? Shit, it's. Uh, I, yeah, it, but in L.A. It's probably the the working homeless. I mean, oh, no. it's just just crazy. <laughs> I mean, but I I think I think zooming out, like yeah, we're diving deep into these changes specifically with IRAs and retirement accounts, but this is part of a general overall theme of the have and the have-nots and the wealth gap and you know the dollars deflating and asset prices are inflating at beyond imagine, uh, manageable heights. And this is just furthering the wealth gap. So, I mean, it, you said earlier that this was one of the honey pots and like kind of the low-hanging fruit to go after. Have you thought about other potential honeypots, where this could be going, what people will be looking at next? Because for me, it seems like a lot of these have been used as a, a ways to grow your wealth over the past years, but like the wealth has been generated at this point, and the rest of the world's like starting to open up to these new things. And as soon as you squash those, the, the hyper super wealthy will just find another way that you know costs a couple hundred thousand dollars of legal fees and entity setups offshore for us to do. What what are the next kind of honeypots where you see this going?
1: Well, one of the ones that's, that's becoming fairly popular is the real estate professional and and be, people being able to limit their taxes if they have a spouse that goes and buys real estate and they can offset. I think that that's probably going to be a target at some point as it gets bigger and bigger. It's I don't know what the number is, but it's one of those things where they're going to say, yeah, we don't know if this is a great thing. What, what happens is Congress ends up really protecting the big, big institutions that, like the insurance companies and and. The reason four hundred one ks are not being attacked in this this bill for real estate investment is because they there's hundreds of billions of dollars that comes from these plans that goes into commercial development, which is required if you want to have any type of real estate industry. So they're going to go after the things where they're going to they're going to find the Peter Teals and they're going to say ah, you know this is this is what we're going after. the The problem is that our system is set up on fake money with a fiat system based on central banks printing, which is very inflationary and it's. If you look at every asset class and i was i was watching and reading a thing from Ralph paul at real vision and he was talking about every asset class looks like it's moving up like there's a bubble in everything so you look at real estate you look at other than gold and silver which is interesting it's basically
0: on sale but it's very interesting yes yeah
1: but that's been suppressed if you look at what happened to chase bank and jp morgan uh same thing they got fined a billion dollars in 2020 for manipulating the silver market for 10 years in 2020, they made $1 billion on that trading desk. So they spent one-tenth of their profits per year on their fine for manipulating that. So that's what's happening in the metals markets. They're manipulated. So, okay, that's the one asset class that has, been, has not bubbled up. Everything else looks like it's going up. Real estate, the stock market equities, all this stuff is going up. But if you actually compare it to the Fed's balance sheet, what you realize is everything is absolutely flat the last 12 years. So in terms of the balance sheet, you go everything except for one thing, and that's called Bitcoin. Why? Because it's technology and it's exponential. Everything else is linear. Real estate is not going to ever go exponential. It's matching the Fed balance sheet because that's the money that's pushing the asset price based on the volume of cash that's out there. So what you have to start asking yourself is, how am I going to survive a situation like this? Because you, you could have more real estate, you could have more stocks, but if all your stuff costs more, you're just net neutral, so th- there is a really important thing about thinking through where are we going. We're going through an exponential change that's faster and more dynamic and and decentralized than a central bank or a central government. They can't catch it. It's impossible. People say, well, can can it be stopped? Can Bitcoin be regulated? I'm like, it's decentralized. You can't. You can t- try to tax it, but the problem is, unless you turn off the internet, and if they did that, I mean, it's Armageddon. So the reality is, we're breaking we're breaking down these these institutions called government and central banks all of the institutions are going to be decentralized whether it's insurance whether it's accounting whether it's lending banking all this stuff even tokenization of assets which are going to be other things you can go invest in all this stuff is shifting nfts people are like all excited about nfts that's just the beginning imagine when all the real estate is tokenized and and everything's on the blockchain and you don't have to go and spend money on a title policy it's just what we're doing is we're taking all of this fat And when you, one of the random things that I learned about the last couple of years is farming. It's where you're basically creating liquidity pools. And if you lose me, you know, you're listening, you're watching hell? Oh, we've done tons
0: of, tons of talks on, on DeFi. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's what, what my, my, my thinking and seeing this stuff is this is so like, I've been making 50, 60% per year on my DeFi farming and, and this has been happening for the last year. So I'm like, okay, you know, I don't think it's, it's not a one week thing. It's been happening all year. And I look at that and I say, why, how is that possible? This is what the banking system has been making off of us and been paying us 1% or 2% or 3% or whatever the number, the crappy number. That's why they have giant buildings everywhere. That's why they have bonuses the hundreds of millions of dollars. Why? Because they're scooping up and sifting all of the cream. And so when you shift all of that profit and the potential, it goes to the people and you start realizing, wow, that's actually just what the banking system has been taking for the last 100 years.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's, I actually... Had somebody from the Maker team on Mariano uh, a couple weeks ago, and like I, I tell people all the time, this was before Compound and Aave. Like we're super user friendly, but it's like go to Maker, put up some money in a they were called CDPs back then, but put it in a vault, take out a loan, you're generating Dai, and you've just created money collateralized by another asset with a few clicks and a couple hundred bucks in gas. And there's nobody running that. That's some lines of code that's all done automatically. If you don't pay it back, you don't have to pay it back. If, if the price goes down, you keep your loan automatically. I mean it's just just mind-blowing for these things and and that's for sure. I, uh, uh, I
1: the biggest part about this that I, I like makes me happy. it's why I'm so supportive of it. And it's why I really think that either you're you're supporting a current at the current system which is tyrannical or you're supporting freedom. If you start shifting assets, if you have dollars, you're supporting tyranny and that's pretty hardcore. And and the reason I say that is because whatever your assets, your energy, your blood, your sweat, your tears are in is supporting that system. And the more the people shift into a decentralized system, the more we have the possibility for peace and prosperity where people are part of a global community. And when they're communicating and they have assets and they have the ability to transact, they don't go to war. And quite frankly, there's not the ability to wage war if you don't have the assets or you don't have fake money because you can't, there's no way to, to pay for it. So I, I think this is a possibility. This, this has the potential for us to shift into a place of peace globally, the more that people get on board with this. And that's one of the reasons I'm so in favor of, of people jumping in. And I say, you should be a part of this because this is where peace comes from.
0: Yeah, potentially. I think there's a pretty disastrous dystopian world as well, where, Everything's on a public blockchain, public, transparent, permanent. You can like automatically push it. There's a, there's a way that this technology can be used for evil that keeps me up at night. And, and I mean, that's where we're going, right? There'll be a CBD, CBDC that, yeah, that they can push negative interest rates directly in our wallet. You see the, the, the value actually going down day after day and give you your stimulus check automatically. It's coming. And it's terrifying. Big fan of decentralized alternatives, that's for sure.
1: Yep. No, you're you're right. There's there, there's always two sides, or if, if you listen to Robert Kiyosaki, there's three sides to every coin. And and there are some nefarious players, and there's there, the technology can it's it's like money. Money can be good or bad. It depends on what kind of fuel it's for. Is it for a missile or is it for a car? Like, you know, like what what's the what's it doing? And and people say, well, rich people are bad. I'm like, no, rich people just have more resources to do whatever they were naturally going to do. And so the same thing with technology, it, and I just trust it. I trust the code more. What I don't trust is like the the central bank digital currencies where it's still centralized because that technology can be used to hurt people and steal from them and manipulate them. Whereas if it's decentralized and it's code and it's transparent, I have a lot more trust in that and hope for the future based on that.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Dynamite can be used as a, a great tool for civil engineering and also uh, war, <laughs> whoever decides to do whatever the, the heck they do with it. Well, <laughs> Damian, I think this was super, super helpful. I, I'm loving all the EQRP people waking people up to their 401ks and their their retirement accounts and what's happening with them. Where What else do you want to leave my listeners with about this topic before we wrap things up? I'd love to people
1: to, I always say that the best thing you can do is invest in yourself. And the, the thing you can do to invest in yourself is take action and create momentum because then it's easier. It's it's like when people that are in sales know that the best time to make a sale is right after you made a sale, whether it's with the same person or just using the energy. And it's because there's momentum. And so t- in, along those, that line of thinking, taking momentum, getting some new information, I, I would encourage you guys to get a copy of the book. I mean, I'm happy to send it out. I mean, you can get it at qrpbook.com. Or eqrpbook.com and just get a copy of it. It'll it'll give you a, a digital download of of a summation, so you don't have to read the book, but get the summary and it will go to your phone and then you can share it and read it. Take you ten minutes, but getting that it gives you some new ideas and then maybe one of those things plants a seed. Maybe you say I need this right now. It doesn't really matter, but it's it's taking it's getting practice in taking action. That's the whole point. It doesn't take that much, but it takes something. It takes you choosing and then pushing some buttons. I, that's what I would encourage you guys to do. Just Go to QRPbook.com, get a copy of the book and and learn more. I mean, that's that's the best thing that I can I can suggest is is taking control of your life.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Damien, where can people find out more about you? Where do you want to you guys can find me on LinkedIn and visit me
1: there and happy to I would like when people reach out and are are genuinely connecting. What I hate is when people send me some canned thing that they've they've had, you know, they send it to everybody or their bot sends something to me. Those are the, those are the type of things that I like to unfriend. And I, I'm happy about it. Like I just want to delete and block. But I absolutely love when people come out and they're like, "Hey, I I want to learn something new. Here's what I'm doing. I mean, I'll spend time and invest in people. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not. It's not to try to create a client or or a revenue stream. It's to make a dent in in what I think is is modern day slavery. And so every shackle I can help break is part of the fulfilled mission of my purpose on this planet. So please do reach out. You know, contact me. Hang out with me
0: on, on LinkedIn and
1: see what I can do for you.
0: Awesome. And I'll link it up in the show notes. Really appreciate having you on today, Damien. Thanks. Thanks, man. appreciate being here. There you go. First off, thank you very much for listening all the way through. I hope you got a lot of value out of that conversation. As always, you can find show notes, links, and more at altassetallocation.com please share this with anyone you think might be interested and derive any value from this conversation. And as always, you can reach out to me for any feedback or questions. Please give the video a like or even better subscribe on YouTube or your podcast player of choice. This really helps others find the podcast or the video as well. Thanks a lot. Hope everybody has a fantastic day and stay safe out there and invest wisely. Cheers.